Welcome to the Turning Point Podcast. I am your host, Marita Espada. If you are already a fan of the podcast, thank you for your support and welcome back. If you're new to the podcast, I speak with top creators and entrepreneurs as we discuss business, creativity, mental health, and how those may interconnect with each other. Have you struggled trying to find a career path? Have you struggled through trying to find financial freedom and success? Today's guest will share with us how to shift your mindset and head into the right path. Edward Gorbris is a former corporate professional turned performance coach, content creator, and keynote speaker, helping immigrants and first-generation professionals thrive in their career and life. His turning point was when his mindset shifted to believing he was put on this planet to make a massive difference and remind others of their infinite potential. He is the founder of Career Meets World, a community to grow and realize your highest potential. If you would like to learn more about Edward and Career Meets World, you may visit careermeetsworld.com. If you are enjoying the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would follow, subscribe, share the podcast with a friend, and maybe even leave a rating and a review. It would mean the world to me. And now, my interview with Edward. Hi, Edward. Thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me on. Happy to, happy to. I'm really um, excited about this interview for a couple of things. Um, your background is amazing, but also I have parents who are immigrants and you're located in San Francisco and I used to live there and I have a special place in my heart for San Francisco. So uh, again, thank you for, for doing this interview. So I wanted to kick off just by learning more about your journey and specifically what made you kind of pivot into being a corporate professional into going to being like a keynote speaker, um, just a, a motivational coach, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like many people's career, it's very dynamic and nonlinear. And for me, I spent the last 10 years in corporate. And for me, I always tell people now that I'm really a recovering corporate professional who launched his own coaching practice and, and is really leveraging everything I've learned over the last 10 years, right? So, but that being said, I'm also utilizing everything my parents taught me because for those who might be listening and want to get to know me a little bit more, I was born in Ukraine and that is a very different upbringing than obviously any other immigrant, let alone somebody who was born in the U.S., so moved here super young. I was about four years old. My parents did all the heavy lifting, but moving here kind of gave me this opportunity to both learn the immigrant mentality at home as well as assimilate at, in school, in the workplace, in college, kind of that entire place. So you're battling this internal conflict of identity, right? Who you are as an individual. And that's kind of my upbringing. But fast forward past college, I went all the way from civil engineering to senior sales leadership at WeWork. So I kind of went all over the place. But through that process, through that journey, what I learned in the common denominator for me was that I just loved helping people. And I really loved helping people grow, understand whether it be in an engineering project or any other type of project or any customer facing work or somebody just starting out their career. I always lent my time to them. And I think as I reflected on all this, as I look at my background, it, it really pushed me to start my own coaching practice because I was getting clients on the side and I was kind of working with a lot of them. And the reality is, is that 
I said, we literally only get to live once. We all have different experiences that push us to realize this more and more and more and take control of our lives, right? And oftentimes what I found is for most people, it's a mindset issue, right? Like they, they have a lot of things going for them. There's a lot of opportunities in front of them. I don't care if you're in the corporate workspace trying to become an entrepreneur or you are an entrepreneur and trying to figure out how to do your next big thing. It literally does not matter. The fundamental difference is mindset. And we often talk about what mindset is, but really what I've learned is that mindset became a lot of white noise. So my goal has been to demystify what it is, walk people through uh, my own programs that I've developed. That's really who I am as a nutshell, right? It's really important to understand the individual because then you really appreciate their thinking. And that's typically what I do with my clients as well. I love that. And and a couple of things that I heard on, on your story is um, that you love to help people and that you found that as being as your common denominator. Um, and so in your role, when you were a corporate professional, you probably didn't have the opportunity to to do that. And so once you discovered that, you decided to to branch out. But that was uh, slow progress, right? Because you had your your clients. And at one point you were like, I'm just going to take the leap. Is, is yeah. that how... Is that how it happened to you at, at, at throughout your career? Somewhat to, to layer in, there were moments where I had the opportunity to help people, right? I, was, I built out a team at WeWork. It was the fastest growing company on the planet at the time. So it was back in 2018, interviewed hundreds of people, hired about 25, 30 people between San Francisco, LA and Austin. So I had the opportunity to help coach mentor them, but more so from the perspective of that, niche role, right? It's all about sales. It's all about growth. How do they step into leadership? And that being said, I realized again, there, the common denominator was that the struggle with most individuals, even in the workplace, was that some sort of fear or limiting belief is really holding them back. Yep. So for me, it was this recognition that it actually does not matter what walk of life you're in, what you're doing at work or in your small business or your thriving business, we all run into some sort of resistance. So for me, it was that recognition and realizing that both at work and outside of work, I could really help people. Yep. And I, and I know that you mentioned something that I think lately, and, and tell me if you agree or disagree, um, mindset is a word that we're using a lot maybe the past five or six years I've been hearing it in, in different areas and in different industries. And at times you ask them what it means and people don't really know how to explain it, but they still use it in the sentence, maybe in a day to day. Um, for me, um, I believe in like you manifest things and in, in just putting it out there. But if you put it out there too early, you might sabotage yourself because then people's opinions come into effect and maybe the journey that you were supposed to take just shift another way because of other people's opinions. And I like to have reminders of that. I don't know if you can see, but I have a couple of things in my background for, for the listeners. And I have a pop of uh, Babe Ruth and it's the one that he's pointing out to the field. It's just the famous iconic move where he was pointing out to the field. And that's where he hit the home run. So I strongly believe in, in manifesting in mindset. Do you think those tie in together? I promise I have a good reason for the quick interruption. I have two quick reminders for you today. Who doesn't like free resources and tools? Well, let me share a few with you now. 
If you visit maritaspara.com and scroll down to my work, you can get access to templates, the Mindful Minute monthly newsletter, and so much more. So don't forget to visit the free resources section on my website. This episode is sponsored by Skillshare. Skillshare is a platform where you can learn anything from photography, creativity strategies, or design. It's the place to go to leverage an existing skill or learn a new one. All the links are in the description of this episode. With that said, back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's actually a really good point that you brought that up, partly because a huge part of my recognition of what all of this is and the way I've made sense of it is really distilling psychology, neuroscience, metaphysics, spirituality into a combination, a culmination, an explanation of what this is. A lot of people might say, oh, I don't believe the spiritual world, but I believe in God. That's okay. I love science, but I don't believe in God. That's okay. Right. For me, it's not to say that one is right or one is wrong. The reality is most of them are somewhat trying to teach the same thing is that everything's created by energy. We can't create it. We can't destroy it. But the thing is, once we appreciate that, we can see it for what it is. Right. Once we can make the the unconscious mind conscious we have this incredible opportunity to observe what's happening in front of us. And that's when we can start to take quote unquote control of what's actually happening in our lives. As I like to tell people, most people unfortunately are sleepwalking through life Yep. because they don't know what they don't know. And it's not their fault. It's just that K through 12 high school, college really never taught us this. So once we're able to crack that, be aware of it, have the tools to actually figure out how to break through that, that's when mindset becomes powerful. Otherwise, the fortune cookies, the Instagram post, wherever you might find this motivation, inspiration, don't get me wrong. I love Sarah Blakely and I love Gary Vee, but the thing is just motivational quotes alone will not fix things for us. We have to actually do the work ourselves. And that requires a lot of people to go within and a lot of people oftentimes might be scared or vulnerable, but the reality is you're doing the work internally, right? And there's an individual on the other side, most likely helping you guide you through that process. Again, for some people, it might be a therapist. For other people, it might be a priest, a rabbi, or a spiritual counselor or a coach. It really does not matter. But the the common theme is that in order to get better, in order to improve, really stems from the fact that we have to do this mindset work. And what you said is very powerful because I I agree. I like Gary Vee as well. Um, but I think it was like a time in my life. Like I, at some point I felt like the motivation is great. But at some point I even felt like overwhelmed with everything that he was saying and that I was kind of like kind of handicapped to take action because it's very much motivational, very much into getting you into the into the right path with that motivation speech. But I couldn't really get any action items out of that because he doesn't. For some part, I think he does give advice per industry, but it depends on what you're looking for. And like you said, we don't really talk about this in school from like kinder to like 12th grade. um, We go into history and science and all of this, but we don't really talk about like real life experience classes that help you become a, a adult that is 
you know, content in what they're doing, right? There's a, there's a balance between being content and continuing to be ambitious, but finding that, that balance, we don't really learn about that. And it's funny that you brought that up because I had a question in mind to ask you where, why do you think, um, and this is very kind of open, um, some people really struggle finding a career path and finding something that they like because they've been told all their lives that if you have a nine to five, you'll have job security. But what this past year and this year has showed us is that that's not real. COVID can happen or something like this can happen and we can lose that quote unquote job security. So why do you think we struggle? Do you think is the um, maybe the environment that we were raised in where we were told um, in school or by our family or, or do you think it's something else? Yeah, it's a really important, powerful question you just asked. And I think it's going to lend to a really good conversation right now where we have to understand two specific things. And you hit on one of them somewhat, right? Life, at least I believe this. And one book I'd highly recommend for everyone, if you haven't read this already, is Atomic Habits by James Clear. He goes really deep into habits, how they're formed. So I've incorporated part of that into my practice. And what I've learned is that life is about systems. So if we bifurcate two things, and we'll hit on both of them right now. First of all, it's really, really important to acknowledge that 95% of our subconscious is formed in the first five to seven years of our lives. So everything we believe today as adults, doesn't matter if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, I don't care what age you are. But the reality is, we formed all these belief systems very early in our lives. So what ends up happening is that every time we experience something, our belief drives a thought, that thought drives a feeling, that feeling drives an action, that action drives a result, and that result ultimately reinforces your belief system. So it's a really important thing to digest and it's hard to do on the fly. And I Highly encourage you to study this, learn about it. There's different ways of doing it. But the truth is, is that we constantly end up on this cycle, this cybernetic loop where we're really just thinking about everything through the lens of our belief system. So we're actually sleepwalking through life and we're unconscious about the things that we don't think about. When you might open a door, right? You're not thinking about how do I turn this door on? Your mind knows what to do. It sees the door, it moves your hand, your hand moves the right way and the door opens. Right. So that is a very simplistic example. That's part one. When we combine that with the fact that our system, aka governmental, societal, is set up in a way to teach you essentially how to be a task rabbit, right? That is what K through 12 is. It's not intended to be derogatory. That is just the foundation of the system. We do homework, we get a grade. We do homework, we get a grade. And the cycle That's continues right. to repeat. So when we find ourselves operating through our own belief system, right, whatever experience you had as a kid, coupled with what society teaches you, we develop these patterns and our body starts to become automatized, right? We're almost like an operating system as well, where we're doing everything automatically. And it's crazy, right? We, we end up living in this world where we're not even conscious about what we're experiencing or how we're feeling, why we're feeling it. So that's, again, why mindset is so important and to peel back all of the onion layers and really be mindful about what's happening in our life and just observe it. 
because that's ultimately the goal, right? Somebody once told me that meditation actually doesn't happen in a dark room with music playing. Meditation actually happens when you're out in the middle of the street and when you're, when you're really able to observe a bus passing or somebody yelling or a potential homeless person running across the street, it really doesn't matter to your ability to observe what's happening in front of you without judgment, without feeling. It's just the acknowledgement of it. So that's a really tough thing to unwind, but I can guarantee you it's possible because I personally have done it myself, plenty of other successful people. In fact, the most successful people in the world go through this type of ritual on a daily basis to ensure that they're operating from a place of empowering beliefs. Yeah. And I, and I agree with that. I, I teach meditation and insight timer, um, live events and, and pre-recorded and what you're saying about meditation is so, and I, t I, I talk too much about meditation. So, you know, stop me at any point, but it's, it's true. I think at least the way that I explain it to people is like meditation helps you um, respond to a situation rather than react. And we see this in the day-to-day. -day. Um, you don't see it while you're sitting in the cushion, right? That's the the day-to-day -day kind of practicing human, if you will, um, practice of meditation, but you see it in the real world when you start seeing your behavior pattern shifting um, to what was something that you would do in the past you're not doing anymore. Um, like for me, I used to have a very, very short fuse. Some might say that I still do. <laughs> but now with meditation has really helped me be like, okay, wait, what would I have done normally? And how can I change that? Because if I continue doing the same thing, it's like insanity, like that quote. Um, and it's really helped me in every kind of a personal life, professional life, just in every aspect of my life. Um, and it's very powerful, but it, it takes a lot for human beings to like shift that and understand like your brain can shift. You have the power to do that, but it is a system and it is a day to day. It's just like you work out, you got to work, uh, you know, like your, your mind and your brain. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I'll layer in, have you ever heard of the four lessons of learning or how to actually learn? What is the process for it? No. So for example, right? Somebody listening might right now might be thinking, oh, wow, that's interesting, right? What you and I are discussing and they might be hearing it for the first time. So what ends up happening the first time we learn something, we're incompetent in that thing and we're unconscious of it, right? We don't know what we don't know. That's what the other way of saying that is. Yep. What ends up happening the next layer is that you're still incompetent. You're not really good at that thing, but now you're conscious about it, right? So you're conscious and incompetent. Once you start to learn about it, then you become uh, competent and conscious. And if you wanna master something, the ultimate goal is to become unconscious and competent. Right. Again, that is what opening up a door really is. You're competent at opening the door. You know how to turn the handle, but you don't think about it. You're not trying to ask yourself, how do I actually open up the door? So that's really breaking down the I don't know what I don't know, because the first time you learn something, it's it piques your interest or you might say, I absolutely don't care about this. And it's just another moment that passes by in your life. But when you're interested in something, understand that there's no way you're gonna magically adopt everything and become proficient at it. It takes time. And the ultimate goal as you continue to habituate yourself is to become unconscious and competent at whatever that activity is. 
That's beautiful. And it makes a lot of sense. Do you do you think, and I know going back to, to something that you had mentioned before, um, that I think you said something about uh, development in the first seven years of, of your childhood. Do you think as a society at one point um, we'll pivot in schools and we'll start teaching children these skills um, or discuss these things early on um, so that they can bring this up in, in adulthood rather than discovering it for the first time in college or maybe in, in your late 30s and, and trying to piece it all together on your own? I would love that. Uh, I th I do think that's going to take some time. The yeah. cool thing is, is that there are schools like Montessori schools. There are other different types of pockets of education that are popping up in different cities. And I think fortunately or unfortunately, this type of education is looked as like Eastern compared to Western, right? So yeah. even if we compare Eastern to Western medicine, this is going to seem like woo woo stuff. This doesn't make any sense. This goes against the system. But that being said, there's a lot more openness to it, right? There's a lot more awareness to it. And I would love to see it. I think it's a very long process to rehabituate how people teach. But that also goes into the fact that we need to change our education system, one that pushes people to actually be creative and thoughtful, right? Those simple things we can actually change right away. I'm not sure that we're ever going to reach a full point where parents are really mindful of everything they do for their kid the first five or seven years, because that's really what teaches the subconscious, right? So if parents are aware of that, that's even more important than the education system itself. That's true. And then you also have a couple of teachers that really want to make an impact and, and teach in different ways. Um, like I grew up with ADHD. And so I don't learn the same way that you would typically go into a classroom and teach. I would learn with a lot of visuals. And I had a lot of teachers that would go the extra mile to figure out how I would learn to make that difference. And those are the teachers that to this day, so many years after high school, I still remember them and, and you know, try to keep in touch as much as I can. So maybe it is, like you said, a very long process, but those special folks out there that are making the difference um, can just make a ripple effect. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think we could all think of those two or three teachers in our lives that really had impact on us. The flip side is, if you think about an individual who might have had a teacher that maybe told a, a five-year-old that they're not good at public speaking, Or think about all those moments in time where a teacher said, that's for the guy, that's not for the girl, right? Mm -hmm. That's how sexism continued to perpetuate. So those micro moments, if the teacher is not aware of the impact it has on the kid long term, that's where we have this perpetual state of suffering throughout society, right? It's generation, it's ancestral, and that keeps happening. But to your point, there's those magical teachers that really understand this and really care and really want to inspire people and recognize that everyone learns differently, right? Our minds are so different, but they're also really malleable. So we have this opportunity to acknowledge that. So again, you and I are going to try to impact as many people as possible, but the reality is maybe unless we make it our life's mission to change the education system, our goal is to empower as many people to live through this lens then to go on and have kids if they choose to do so, and then to be mindful of what they're doing with their, with their actual children so that they 
grow up with the belief system that enables them to literally accomplish whatever they want. That's true. And and I did want to speak a little bit about this because I think, I don't know if I saw it on your website or maybe in a podcast that you had done before, um, but it, at least it happened to me. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. I didn't go to a fancy university. I, you know, my, I put in my resume, probably people don't even know where, where it is even located unless it says Puerto Rico. And when I, I lived in San Francisco for, for some time and I work in the tech industry. So, you know, you have all the people that went to Stanford and Cornell and all these type of universities. And I was always thinking in my head, how am I going to compete against them? Um, as a Puerto Rican, you're an American citizen. Um, although my my mother's an immigrant that immigrated from Cuba to, to Puerto Rico. And when I moved to San Francisco, I, ha I had all these doubts. How am I going to compete with these people? How am I going to get jobs? And now I've I've achieved, you know, uh, massive success in, in what I've done because, again, mindset and and I manifested it and and thought about it, worked hard, made strategic moves as much as I could and networked as much as I could for people that might be maybe the young listeners, if you will. What advice would, would you give them? Do you um, do you agree with what I what I was feeling? Does that make sense? Have you heard people saying the same things and having the same concerns? Yeah, absolutely. So. I empathize with you in different ways, right? We are very different. We, everyone grows up in a very different environment. Yep. That being said, I am a Jewish immigrant who moved to the United States, yet I'm a white male. So people will perceive me, oh, he has it easier, but they literally have no idea what's going on in my mind. And the truth is, and I will debunk this for everyone, is the fact that everyone has imposter syndrome. The only difference is you hit on it, which is people understand what manifestation is. People understand how to channel energy the right way. People understand the power of gratitude. People understand the power of clarity. And these are things that can be taught. You can adopt them into your life. They're not hard to learn. In fact, they're easier to learn than most complicated topics that are actually taught in school. And those couple of things, when blended together and utilized the right way, you can actually figure those things out. So for me personally, I struggled with a lot of stuff, right? I didn't have the guidance of how to take the SATs or which colleges to apply to or how many colleges to apply to or what to do when I finally got rejected from all of them and I had to appeal to UC Davis. And when my high school English teacher told me, you have a 1% chance of getting in on appeal. And then I did it. The difference is, is that people are always going to give you their opinion. You get to choose one of two things. You get to live life the way you want to, or you get to live life the way other people want to. And most people, again, if we go back to this concept of sleepwalking through life, is that they basically are living life through the lens of other people, through the lens of social media, through the lens of media in general, through the lens of politics, through companies. They're not mindful of what's actually happening in front of them. And again, that's why you and I love mindset so much is because when you're in this state and you understand what that means, you just look at life very differently. And that's where the power comes from. That's where the energy, that's where the clarity comes from. And that's how you and I, despite coming from very different backgrounds, we were able to achieve a tremendous amount, right? So that is why this is so powerful because we get to choose how we live life And society will tell you one thing, media will tell you one thing, but there are groups of people who will 
spend all of their time, they will dedicate their lives as I have to really empowering others. Because I want nothing more than every person in every walk of life to understand that these tools and techniques exist and they will allow you to do so much more than you ever thought possible. That's true. And to add to that, you know, people will always tell you that you can't do certain things because they think they can't do them. So they, they, they're just basically like reflecting. Yeah. They're projecting. Yeah, exactly. They're projecting their limiting beliefs onto you. And again, when we practice mindfulness and mindset, and we're aware of that in the moment, we could just deflect it, right? We don't have to internalize all of their limiting beliefs, their thoughts, their feelings about whatever the situation is. That's okay. You can be aware of what's going on. You can empathize with them. You could even try to help them, but we don't have to succumb to what they're feeling or what they're projecting onto you. So that's a really important distinction. That's true. This has been a uh, fascinating. And as we uh, wrap up, I like to ask uh, two fun questions to my guests. And the first one is, if you could have dinner with anyone from history, who would it be and why? This shouldn't surprise you. Uh, I think for me, if possible, I would love to spend some time with Buddha. Nice. Nice. I appreciate that one. Yeah, of course. Part, and I'll add on to that, partly because based on what we know about him, uh, he spent a good chunk of his life similar to many of us where he was doing something consistently and then he had this kind of if at the time you can call it a midlife crisis but this realization that this is this isn't the way life is intended to be lived and we have to be able to discern what's actually happening in our minds versus reality and that's where he devoted the most the majority of his life to really understanding himself that's where he left his family that's where he went on his own venture and really tried to understand how our brain works. And that's essentially where Buddhism came from. Yep. I like that. I like that. Uh, what show, movie or documentary or even a book have you watched or read lately that you would recommend? I think it's only fitting that we recommend people, if they haven't seen it already, is watch The Social Dilemma because it fundamentally highlights the problem that you and I just discussed for the last 30 minutes where people are not even aware of how deeply they're influenced by everything in front of them, right? Even how you're influenced by this podcast, right? Our goal is to influence people in a positive and empowering way, but everything influences you. So I think the social media or social dilemma does a really good job describing what social media has done to us over the last 10 years. That being said, I will always say that a lot of tools are created with good intent. They're just eventually transformed into something that potentially can be used in, with malintent. So social media is a powerful tool, but social dilemma really unpacks how scary it can be at times. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good documentary because uh, coming from like the technical side, you don't people don't really see social media as like you being the product they think social media is the product thing that they are using it but in reality you know it was it was created to unite people but now it's become something where we become the product our data is being used for marketing purposes and it's sometimes we need a break from it because we also can go into this rabbit hole of comparing ourselves with others 
which affects our mindset and our goals and, and, and whatever it is. It impacts us in so many ways. So it's good sometimes to also take, take that break to kind of like step back and, and see what you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Before we kind of close on the episode, I do like to give uh, my guests the space to share where can the listeners learn more about you and, um, and your services. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. I'm I'm super active on LinkedIn. Feel free to find me just at Edward Gorbis, uh, also on Twitter at Edward underscore Gorbis. And then feel free to check out everything I have to offer at Career Meets World, which is the name of my coaching practice. And what I recommend, if any of this resonated with you, I have done my best effort to kind of demystify and distill all of this information to a free ebook called Unbreakable Mindset. It's available on my website. Feel free to download it. Enjoy it. Let me know what you think. I always love to have a conversation around it. And yeah, thank you for having me today. Sounds great. I really, I'm going to look into the ebook myself. I was actually making a note of it. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast. I really appreciate it. Of course. As we navigate all the possible options in our careers, we never address mindset. You can find an opportunity that fits your skill set, that aligns with your goals. But if you don't have the right mindset, it could hinder you from achieving and obtaining that job role. Not only should we learn new skills, but also learn interpersonal skills, get a competitive edge and learn what makes the difference in achieving your goals. But for now, peace out and see you next time.